Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Congratulations! After today's lesson, Psalms 108 through 118, we have made it through the first half of the whole Bible. The middle verse of the Bible is Psalm 118, verse 8. Wow, I can't believe it myself. We will finish up the Old Testament this summer, and then just in time for the new school year, we will begin the life of Jesus with the Gospels and then the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises throughout the New Testament. This week, we are in book five of the Psalms, and according to W. Robert Godfrey, in his book, Learning to Love the Psalms, this section is called The King's Celebration of God's Salvation. I covered Psalm 107 in the last lesson, so I just want to restate that verse one of Psalm 107, which is the first Psalm of book five, starts off, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. This was sung at the dedication of the tabernacle and of the first temple and of the second temple. So we see the kingdom is referenced in Psalm 107. Also, Psalm 107 is a corporate psalm, meaning for the congregation. And now Psalm 108 is an individual psalm. And this is the pattern of all five of the books. Psalm 108 is a psalm of David. And there are parts of this psalm that are also found in Psalm 57, verses 7 through 11, and Psalm 60, verses 5 through 12. In verses 1 through 6, David is praising the Lord. He talks of the Lord's loving kindness, the Lord's chesed, and his truth that reaches to the skies. Verses 7 through 9 starts, God has spoken in his holiness. That last word can also be defined as sacred place or sanctuary. And in his sanctuary, he proclaims the lands are his. Verses 10 and 11, David asks questions. Who will bring me into this besieged city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have not you yourself, O God, rejected us? And will you not go forth with our armies, O God? Then verse 12 and 13, David declares that through God, they will be victorious in battle against the enemy. Psalm 109 is also a psalm of David. And this psalm has a few verses that are quoted in the New Testament. This imprecatory psalm, which means, God, get them, get my enemies, starts with, O God of my praise, do not be silent. One point that Godfrey made in his book that I had not realized before was when Jesus was baptized, God spoke. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, God spoke. Yet when Jesus hung on the cross, God was silent. Jesus also felt the silence of God. Verse 3, David says, They, meaning the wicked, also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without cause. 
Jesus quotes this verse about the Pharisees hating him without cause. That's found in John chapter 15 verse 25. In the next section, verses 6 through 19, a wicked man and his punishment is described. And in verse 8, it says, let his days be few. Let another take his office. This is the verse that the apostle Peter used in Acts 1 verse 20 as a fulfillment of the ordaining of Matthias to take Judas, the ultimate betrayer's place. The next section, verses 21 through 25, is a cry out to God the Lord for his loving kindness, his hesed. David says, he's afflicted, he's needy, his heart is wounded, he's passing like a shadow, his knees are weak, his flesh is lean. Then verse 25, I also have become a reproach to them. When they see me, they wag their heads. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 39, Matthew writes, And those who passed by, meaning Jesus, derided him, wagging their heads. Mark also says the same thing in Mark chapter 15, verse 29. Jesus also was reproached on the cross, and they wagged their heads in disgust of him. Then verse 26 says, Help me, O Lord my God, save me according to your loving kindness, your hesed, and let them know that this is your hand. You, Lord, have done it. One thing I just noticed in this psalm is how David references God. In the beginning, it is, O God, verse 1. Then in verse 21, O God, the Lord. It went from a generic term, God, to generic God, and then relational God. And then verse 26, we see, oh, Lord, my God, relational God is now first. This reminds me of the lesson from Psalm 107. When Walter Brigman described the ups and downs of life, he said in the message of the Psalms book, our life starts from orientation. Then we go to disorientation and then from there to new orientation. We see that this struggle of David helped to build his relationship with the Lord and he ended up in a new orientation. And that's why David can end this psalm with my mouth. I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord. And in the midst of many, I will praise him for he stands at the right hand of the needy to save him from those who judge his soul. In Psalm 109, we saw the suffering of the king. And in Psalm 110, we see the triumph of the king. Even though this is a short psalm, this is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. King David wrote in verse 1, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. I will just share with you all of the references in the New Testament that this verse is used. And then I will just speak of one. 
Matthew chapter 22 verse 44 and chapter 26 verse 64. Mark 12:36, Luke 20:42, Acts 2:34 and 35, Hebrews chapter 1 verses 3 and 13 and chapter 8 verse 1 and chapter 10 verse 12 and chapter 12 verse 2. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 and verse 22, Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25. Some of the times just part of this verse or just one line of that parallelism is used. In Matthew chapter 22 verse 44, Jesus uses this verse to stump the Pharisees. Jesus asks them a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They answered, the son of David. Then Jesus asked, how is it then that David in the spirit calls him Lord saying, then Jesus quotes all of this verse one. The Pharisees could not answer. And from that day on, no one dared ask him any more questions. The question that Jesus asked then is, who is King David's Lord? So what's the answer? Jesus. Jesus, who was the descendant of King David, is also King David's Lord and Savior. Jesus is both the Son of Man through David and the Son of God from the Father in heaven. Then in Matthew chapter 26 verse 64, Jesus stands before Caiaphas and the Jewish council who said to Jesus, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus responds, you have said so, but I tell you from now on, you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. As a reminder, Jesus's favorite way to describe himself is the son of man. But do you see the play that is going on here? The Pharisees call Jesus the Son of God. And then Jesus declares he is the Son of God because he's going to stand at the right hand of the Father. But he is also the Son of Man. And ladies, he had to be both in order to pay humanity's debt and to bring humanity into the family of God. Oh, please, I hope we don't ever lose the wonder of that truth. Jesus talks of the right hand of power and verses two and three talk of the rule and power of the king. Then verses four through seven start, the Lord has sworn and not changed his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The writer of Hebrews spends a few chapters on this, starting with chapter 5 and verse 6 and then 10 and then chapter 6 verse 20 and then chapter 7 verses 17 and 21. And if you remember, we first see Melchizedek in Genesis chapter 14 verses 17 through 23. He was the king of Salem. That was before it was Jerusalem. And he was priest of the Most High God. And he blessed Abraham. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, which is also known as a tithe. The priest of the Old Testament came from the Levites. 
and the high priest came especially from the line of Aaron. But the kings were of the tribe of Judah. The writer of Hebrews explains that Jesus is both king of kings, the son of man, from David the king, and he is also the high priest, but he is not from the tribe of Levi. He's not from Aaron. He's from the line of Melchizedek, and Melchizedek was a priest of the most high God even before Levi and then Aaron was ever born. So in Psalm 110, through the affirmation of the New Testament passages, we see that Jesus is both king and priest. The next psalm, number 111, is anonymous, and it is a personal psalm, and it starts and ends with praise. Psalm 111 is an acrostic with each of the 22 lines beginning with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The first line is hallelujah or praise the Lord. And then after that, the acrostic begins. This is one poetic format that does get lost in the translation from Hebrew to any other language. The psalmist declares he will give thanks to the Lord for his whole heart and he will do it in the company of the upright and in the assembly. In other words, in church. The psalmist then goes into praising the attributes of God. He is true and just, upright, redeemer, holy and awesome. He has ordained his covenant forever. The last verse, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We'll see this in Proverbs. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. The word for fear here also means reverence or respect. To fear God is the beginning of walking in the way of wisdom. When we do that, we walk in His ways, His commandments. Psalm 112 also starts with hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. And then it also is an acrostic with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. In this psalm, it reflects upon the upright, the one like in that last verse of Psalm 111, the one who fears the Lord. And the one who fears the Lord is blessed and the blessing is passed on to his descendants and they prosper and they are secure. Then in verse 10, we see the contrast of the wicked. The wicked will look on the righteous man and his blessings and he will be vexed. He'll gnash his teeth and he'll melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Now, as Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 seem to go together, so do Psalms 113 and 114. These Psalms are usually sung before the Passover meal. And then Psalms 115 through 118 are sung afterwards. These can be called the Hebrew Hallel Psalms. Psalm 113 starts and ends with praise the Lord or hallelujah. The Lord is mentioned eight times out of these nine verses. Even though this Psalm, which is anonymous, does not mention Egypt, we do see that there is no one like our God 
in contrast to the numerous other gods like the Egyptians had. The Lord is high above the nations. He lifts up the needy, which the Jews were in Egypt, but especially verse 9 says, He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. If you remember in Exodus chapter 1, Pharaoh ordered the midwives to kill all of the Jewish boys who were born, but they did not. Do you remember why? Verse 21 of chapter 1 says, Because they feared God. And because of that, they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. And because of that, the Lord established homes for them. He let them have children. As the psalmist said, praise the Lord. In Psalm 114, it's clear that this psalm is in reference to Egypt and the Passover. This is probably a celebration hymn. Verse 1 starts, When Israel left Egypt, the house of Jacob, which is another name for Israel. Then in verse 2, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. This may be in reference to when the nation of Israel became divided. Then it goes into how nothing stopped them from entering into the land. The psalm ends with tremble, O earth, before the Lord, before the God of Jacob, that whole nation, this God who provided water from the rock. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the apostle Paul says, And all drank, meaning all of the Jews in the wilderness, they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. Starting with Psalm 115, these were sung traditionally after the Passover meal. All of these are anonymous. Psalm 115 starts off, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. And why should he get glory? Because of his loving kindness, because of his chesed, and because of his truth. Then the psalmist has a beautiful comparison of the God of Israel and the God of other nations, especially with regards to Egypt. They, the other gods, are made of silver and gold and by human hands. The Lord, however, was not made. He was and is and always will be. The Lord created us, not vice versa. They have mouths but do not speak. However, our Lord speaks to us. They have eyes that do not see. The Lord sees all things. They have ears and do not hear. The Lord hears our cry. They have noses, but they don't smell. I don't know if you remember in the Old Testament, even with the Old Testament sacrifices, the Lord said he smelt the sweet aroma. They have hands, but don't feel. Jesus had hands and he could feel. They have feet, but they don't walk. Jesus had feet and he walked. They can't make a sound with their throats. Jesus made sounds with his voice. In Jesus, God clearly speaks, sees, hears, smells, feels, walks, and makes a sound. Jesus was the living, walking, touchable God in the flesh. Then verse 8 says, Those that make those idols will become like them, 
everyone who trusts in them. In like manner, ladies, those who trust in Jesus, we become more like him. Hallelujah. Then verse 9 says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, those who are non-Jews who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful to us, past tense, and he will bless us, future tense. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, the small and the great. And may he give you increase, you and your children. The psalm ends with a reminder that the Lord created the heavens and the earth. And the ones who worship idols go down into silence. But as for us, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now Psalm 116 starts, I love the Lord because he hears me. Before we go any further, let's stop and ask ourselves, why do we love the Lord? For the psalmist, it's because he hears, he's gracious, he's righteous, he's compassionate, he saves, he blesses, he rescues. Then verse 12, what shall I give to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will call on his name. I will pay my vows. I will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And the psalmist will do this in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, the temple, and in the midst of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ladies, what will we give? Psalm 117 is the shortest psalm. It starts and ends with hallelujah. And this praise of the Lord is for all of the nations, for his loving kindness, his hesed, is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. The last psalm in this section is Psalm 118. And this psalm starts and ends with, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. This is how Psalm 107 started, the first psalm of book 5. Verses 1 through 4 is the opening of this Thanksgiving song. We also see, as in Psalm 115, Let Israel and the house of Aaron and all those who fear the Lord say. This time the three groups say, His loving kindness is everlasting. The Lord's hesed is everlasting. Then verses 5 through 14 is a personal cry of how God rescued the psalmist from distress. Then verses 15 through 18 continues God's salvation and say the tents of the righteous will shout joyfully. Verse 18 says the Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. In verses 19 through 21, we see the psalmist entering the gates of righteousness and he gives thanks. Then verses 22 through 23 are used in the New Testament with regards to Jesus. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, or this is from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. 
in the New Testament. We see this verse in Matthew 21, 42, Mark chapter 12, 10 and 11, Luke chapter 20, verse 17, Acts 4, 11, Ephesians 2, 20 and 1 Peter 2, 7. Some are referencing Jesus as the rock. But Jesus referenced himself, and in so doing, he's also telling the religious leaders that they are the ones who rejected him. And then in Matthew and Luke's telling, Jesus says, And everyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. These are the only two options, ladies. When we fall on Jesus, we are broken. And he makes us whole. But those who refuse to bow down to him, those who refuse to fall upon him, one day he will come down on them and they will be crushed. Verse 24 is a very popular chorus. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Then verse 25 cries out for the Lord to save and to send prosperity. And then verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We see this quoted as Jesus entered in Jerusalem, riding on a donkey and the people shouted this waving palm branches. This is found in all four of the gospels. The praise continues. And then the closing is verses 28 and 29. You are my God and I give thanks to you. You are my God. I extol you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness, his hesed is everlasting. In the New Testament book, Matthew chapter 26, verse 30, it says, with regards to after the Lord's Passover meal, And when they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Have you ever thought about the fact that the Psalms were Jesus' songs? Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is the king of kings. He is the high priest like Melchizedek. He is the rock where living water comes from. He is the one who saved the Jews from the Egyptians. And he is the one who saves us If we fall on him, ladies, there is no other religion like this. So if you hear his voice today, if you hear the precious voice of Jesus, don't harden your hearts like the Pharisees. Instead, let's be women who pray and praise and obey and shout, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.